0: in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis, coming to you early today because I got a bunch of stuff that I have to do right after the Clay and Buck show. Positive, I'll be back home for a while. Uh, we are approaching 1.2 million YouTube subscribers. I love all of you. Click like and subscribe on our YouTube account. If you are loving everything that we are doing here, and how could you not? We're amazing. Um, a lot of different stories. Had an amazing time in Cooperstown at the Little League tournament up there. I'll talk a bit about that. Uh, I'll talk about the NHL nixing the Pride Night uniforms. New York Times has an editorial saying that women's sports are under fire. How in the world are they braver than ESPN when it comes to actually covering this story? Uh, But we begin with what I believe is an absolutely blockbuster revelation that has come out of the House Ways and Means Committee concerning two different whistleblowers from inside of the IRS, most prominent among them, Gary Shipley. I believe what Gary Shipley has said under oath, under penalty of perjury, under penalty of being thrown in jail, is actually going to destroy Joe Biden's chances to be the 2024 nominee, and I think it should lead directly to the impeachment of both the Joe Biden And Attorney General Merrick Garland and I will explain now in a way that I hope is succinct and understandable and not too complicated for people out there who may not have been paying a great deal of attention to these revelations when they came out late on Thursday afternoon and the continuing follow-up on Friday. So at its most basic level, here is what has been alleged. Gary Shipley, who is a high-level IRS uh, employee, says that he was involved in a meeting in October of 2022 in which uh, the, uh, the attorney, uh, the, the U.S. attorney, who was investigating Hunter Biden, David Weiss, informed the people in that meeting that he had been rejected in his attempts to bring charges in both California and Washington, D.C. against Hunter Biden related to tax evasion charges that would have potentially put him, Hunter Biden, in jail for years. Uh, Let me hit a couple of those allegations. Uh, This is all spiraling out of an agreement by Hunter Biden to get a, uh, a, a basically sweetheart deal, which is going to require no jail time, no serious consequences. Hunter Biden agreed last week to plead guilty to two misdemeanor charges of willful failure to pay $200,000 in taxes in 2017 and 2018. Uh, that, is the, uh, that is the agreement uh, after years, five years of investigation surrounding Hunter Biden and his failure to pay taxes. Uh, the IRS team, and I'm reading right now from the Wall Street Journal editorial this morning, IRS team recommended Hunter be prosecuted on felony charges of tax evasion in 2014, false tax filings, and a misdemeanor charge for 2015 failure to pay taxes. Uh, They waited so long, the U.S. attorney did, that the six-year statute of limitations expired on those charges. And that means Hunter Biden never paid $400,000 in taxes that he owed in unreported income for those years. Uh, Shipley, uh, Shapley says, uh, quote, the purposeful exclusion of the 2014 and 2015 years sanitized the most subst- substantive criminal conduct and concealed material facts. Uh, Hunter also, according to the whistleblower, uh, says that there should have been charges as well uh, based on 2018. Also, uh, these IRS whistleblowers say that Hunter Biden, this is crazy deducted thousands of dollars paid to no-show employees, including a prostitute. Hunter Biden deducted from his taxes payments to a prostitute and uh, that Hunter claimed was a, quote, West Coast assistant, which, (laughs) to be fair, uh, you know, uh, maybe she was a West Coast assistant. She certainly was assisting. Um, He also deducted $10,000 for a golf club member deposit, money that the IRS agents say went to pay for a sex club instead. Hunter Biden deducted prostitutes and sex clubs from his taxes. Uh, He also deducted $30,000 for a child's Columbia University tuition um, and uh, deducted hotel rooms for one of his drug dealers. Hotel rooms for girlfriends and two nights for a hotel room for his own dad, Joe Biden. The IRS team recommended Hunter face felony charges 2014, 2018, 2019, uh, and uh, failure to file or pay five of the six years. Okay. This is all massive. This is substantial. Uh, This is a huge deal. Okay. The fix was in for Hunter Biden. Now, Why was the fix in? I I feel like it's crazy, but I have to explain this. The fix was in because Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's son. And Merrick Garland, who is the attorney general, has, in concert with Joe Biden, worked to undermine any significant criminal prosecution of Hunter Biden, according to the reports and the allegations under oath made by Gary Shipley and one of his associates. Uh, now, now this is important. Um, I believe that there must be an impeachment of Joe Biden and there must be an impeachment of Merrick Garland for their work in obstructing the criminal case against Hunter Biden. Now, Shipley has, in my mind, let me make sure I'm getting his name right, by the way, uh, because I, uh, Shafley, Gary Shaffley, Uh Gary Shapley has no, this is an IRS agent. Gary Shapley has no incentive to lie. This is important because I haven't heard this discussed very much. If Gary Shipley were lying, first of all, there's corroborating evidence. He would have had to begin to lie back in October of 2022 when he emailed along uh, with incredible details of the corroborating circumstances surrounding everything having to do uh, with this case, okay? But at essence, this is a question of, is Gary Shapley more credible than Merrick Garland and Joe Biden? My answer is yes. Let me explain why. Uh, Gary Shapley is an IRS employee. He had absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things to gain by coming public here. Because once he came public, he gave under oath uh, testimony to the House Ways and Means Committee. Why is that significant? Once you give testimony under oath, you are opening yourself up to charges of perjury If it is proven that you are lying, it is almost never the case that someone voluntarily testifies under oath and puts themselves in a position where they could be put in prison for lying, where they get a he has sought out this opportunity. Right. I can't think of a situation involving Congress. Maybe you guys can if you can email me, tag me. Uh, Send me a a DM. I can't think of a situation where an individual like Gary Shapley at the IRS, who does not stand to benefit in any way, has made the decision to come forward and testify under oath, opening himself up to perjury charges when there is nothing for him to gain by the lie right? Usually liars are going to lie because the lie benefits or protects them in some way. It's a number one rule of lying by and large. It's very rare for someone to lie and not benefit from the lie in some way, either protecting themselves, either adding assets, right? If you think about what would motivate someone to lie, What's the motivation for Gary Shapley to lie here, this IRS agent? What's the motive for the whistleblower who also confirmed Gary Shapley's reports to lie as well? What is that motivation? I can't think of one. You could say, well, he's such a political actor that what? He decided to make up something that is indisputably true about Hunter Biden and argue that they wanted more severe charges to be brought against Hunter Biden than were ultimately brought we know that's true. The only thing you could argue that he is argued that he is lying about is what David Weiss said in this October of 2022 uh, uh meeting when David Weiss said that he wanted a special counsel, that his, uh, that his goal to bring charges in California and D.C. had been rejected, that he wasn't allowed to bring charges in Delaware. If all of that is true, or it is true that David Weiss said those things, why would Gary Shapley make it up? There would need to be a motivation here. And the motivation would be need to be so significant that Gary Shapley, who was a federal employee, would be willing to lie and potentially go to prison over his lie. And he would be so committed to that lie that he would have another witness supporting him and that he would make the decision to testify under oath. It doesn't add up. Okay. The idea that Gary Shapley would be lying doesn't add up. What about Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States? What incentive does he have to lie? All of them? Because if Merrick Garland was actually protecting Hunter Biden, as it seems quite clear that he was, Merrick Garland already has testified under oath that he wasn't doing that. And so Merrick Garland would be in danger of pe- federal perjury charges and being impeached, removed from office, and potentially prosecuted as a felon. But I, I don't know about you, but I can see why Merrick Garland might claim that he wasn't giving preferential treatment to Hunter Biden. And I also can certainly see Why Joe Biden would lie about this when Joe Biden said he never had any discussion or interaction effectively, any involvement at all with his son's uh, business in any way. Well, this is directly refuted by the WhatsApp message that is uh, that was sent by Hunter Biden, which no one is claiming is actually Uh, is actually fake and I want to read that WhatsApp message to you because I think this is really important. Here's what Hunter Biden said in a WhatsApp message on July 30th 2017 a date that we know he was at Joe Biden's home because there are photos on the laptop which is 100% real and which we all know was 100% real that confirm that Hunter Biden was there. Here's what Hunter Biden texted. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhong, or the chairman, these are high-ranking Chinese Communist Party officials, it's a WhatsApp message from Hunter Biden. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Hunter Biden, uh, The the smoking gun text message evidence, that Joe Biden was involved in extorting foreign national governments for the benefit of the Biden crime family. Okay? Smoking gun evidence. Between the cover-up of the Hunter Biden investigation, Joe Biden caught flagrantly by the words of his own son involved in illegal foreign business relationships right with America's chief adversary China um this is clear and concrete evidence that Joe Biden and Merrick Garland need to be impeached now now it's important to understand why the impeachment matters there are CBS NBC ABC CNN Uh, Washington Post, New York Times, MSNBC, clear left-wing propaganda outlets that will not cover all of the data and all of the evidence that I have just laid out for you. Okay? They won't cover it. In fact, you can clip, we'll clip this discussion. We will share it on Twitter. Everybody can watch it. You should share it with your friends and family who otherwise are unaware of all of this going on. Here's why this is important and why impeachment must happen. First of all, you'll recall that the first impeachment Donald Trump faced was over a phone call that he made with Zelensky in Ukraine directly relating to this criminal behavior by Hunter Biden. I want you to understand what Democrats did. They impeached Donald Trump for asking Ukraine to look into the illegal activities of Hunter Biden. They impeached Donald Trump, Democrats did, tried to remove him from office for accurately questioning the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, at the time before the invasion, all of this, about the payments that Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family were receiving from shady Ukrainian-based entities, Burisma among them. Think about that for a minute. Not only was Trump's phone call fine and perfectly within the law, it actually was asking for help to shine the light on the criminal behavior of Hunter and Joe Biden, which is ostensibly, what the media is supposed to care about, okay? The reason why impeachment must occur is because it will force many of those entities, CBS, NBC, ABC, The New York Times, The Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, and all of their audience, the tens of millions of people every day that consume their content, that have no idea about all of the evidence and all of the facts that I have just laid out for you. At a minimum, the impeachment of Merrick Garland and Joe Biden will require the coverage of many of these factual details that otherwise the propaganda left-wing media in this country will not discuss and will not share with their audience. And by the way, this is important, okay? Because I understand lots of people are super busy. I've got young kids, if I didn't have this job, it would be hard for me to follow all of the nuances of the Biden crime family. That's particularly the case when these media outlets refuse to cover it. If Donald Trump Jr. and Donald Trump had been involved in behavior like this, it would be on the front page of every one of those newspapers it would be the lead story for months. Must, there must be impeachment because we have to have primetime hearings because the precedent that has been set by all of those media outlets is they will cover those primetime hearings, and we must have the Biden crime family and their protector, Merrick Garland, held accountable for what they are doing because it directly relates to the criminal prosecution of Donald Trump by a politicized Department of Justice run by Joe Biden and Merrick Garland. Okay, this is not complicated. Uh, It's also worth mentioning that after that text message, I should have mentioned this back then, within a few days of that text message, the Biden crime family received payment of over $5 million from this Chinese entity. So the threats worked and the Biden crime family is so uh, filled with hubris that Hunter Biden took a trip to Camp David with his father this weekend and he showed up for the state dinner with India right after pleading guilty Uh, are agreeing to plead guilty to these charges. It's unbelievable. Um, Okay, so that is the rough background, and I'm going to keep hammering it because I think it's so important, all these details, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be the lead on Clay and Buck in 40 minutes, but we'll clip this and make sure that we share it so everyone out there can see it. Here's one other bit of news, uh, or sorry, a bit of opinion. The judge that is scheduled to uh, hear the Hunter Biden plea agreement, he should reject it. Let me repeat that. The judge that is scheduled to sit and accept the Hunter Biden plea agreement should reject it because there is clear evidence that an obstruction of justice in this investigation took place. As a result, any plea agreement should be null and void It should be tossed aside. There should be a brand new independent counsel appointed in this case that is given full and complete authority to investigate every bit of the details surrounding Hunter Biden and bring charges as he sees fit. Merrick Garland should recuse himself from any involvement whatsoever in the Hunter Biden case, during which time an impeachment of Merrick Garland should occur. Now. It's also worth noting, Democrats are not going to remove Joe Biden or Merrick Garland from office. They'll refuse to do it in the Senate. But having control of the House, every Republican should line up in concert and demand that the impeachment of Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and a further investigation, including primetime hearings, should all occur at a minimum. Every single witness under oath should be brought forward from David Weiss uh, to uh, every U.S. attorney involved in these cases. Merrick Garland, frankly, in my opinion, Joe Biden himself, all of them should be put under oath and questioned about their behavior in this particular case. All right, that is my analysis of uh, of the Hunter Biden case as it currently stands. We will continue to break this down. This is a big story, uh, and it's not going away. And I think ultimately, and I'll discuss this, I think it's going to prevent Joe Biden from being the nominee in 2024 as we uh, go forward. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. A um, couple of other stories. Uh, I had an amazing time uh, at the Little League tournament in Cooperstown, New York. Much less serious. I met many of you uh, at that Little League tournament. A lot of OutKick readers. A lot of OutKick viewers. Uh, lots of Clay and Buck listeners. Uh, phenomenal time meeting many of you. Um, and, uh, and it was really awesome. I was up there with my 12-year-old. Uh, we played a lot of different games. There are, I think, 22 different fields there. It's a 12-U tournament. In our week, there were 80 80, uh, different teams playing. Just a fabulous time. Uh, The kids stay in barracks with their teammates. Uh, Parents, you see them when you come to all the games. We had, I believe, one game on Friday night, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, two on Monday. What is that, a total of seven games, I believe, uh, that we ended up playing uh, in the tournament. They play a elimination, single elimination tournament that ends in one champion. Uh, Everybody shows up. There are probably 1,000 people that came and watched the game. Just a fabulous time. I would highly recommend it. I also went to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Tremendous time there. So much fun uh, going to uh, the the Little League in Cooperstown, uh, but also the Hall of Fame. I've heard about the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame my entire life. Uh, so much fun there. I took my eight year old uh, and we went around the entire Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. There were so many cool uh, different relics and, and, and aspects of, uh, of the game from Babe Ruth all the way up to the present day uh, from the early days of, of Major League Baseball. I really loved with my 8-year-old being able to share a couple of things. Uh, the baseball cards, my 8-year-old and my 12-year-old are obsessed with baseball and football cards. That's all they want to buy. Reminds me of being a kid, opening up those packs and going through and seeing what you're going to be able to get. They loved it. They have a bunch of old baseball cards, the Mickey Mantle rookie card, uh, the uh, Honus Wagner card, that I think the most valuable card out there right now. Uh, but I also love sharing with my kids the videos of all of the iconic moments that were viral before we had YouTube and everything else. And you used to watch with Mel Allen, the highlights, Bo Jackson running up the wall after he made the catch. My eight-year-old just couldn't believe it. He was just, how is that possible? And they had the Bo Nose television commercials, and I was able to talk with my eight-year-old all about Bo Jackson. Um, and uh, and also so much fun watching. You remember the Jose Canseco when the ball goes off his head and becomes a home run. Uh, we watched uh, Paul uh, Paul O'Neill when he kicked the ball into the infield. I used to be a big uh, I used to be a big Major League Baseball fan back in the day, and now I've come back into being a fan uh, through my kids' eyes. Awesome time! I would highly encourage you at some point on your bucket list as a sports fan to have the opportunity to go to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. There are a lot, by the way, of OutKick fans that work uh, at the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. It was great to meet them. Uh, they were fabulous, just a lot of fun. Also, uh, I took my kids, and my 12-year-old, I was in New York City for the past, uh, end of last week. Went to watch a Yankees game. First time that I have gone to a Major League Baseball game since they have changed the clock and made it such that it's much uh, faster. Unbelievable how much fun it was. Uh, the game was only like two hours and 20 minutes. We watched the uh, the Yankees play uh, against the Mariners, uh, posted a photo of that, really fun. And then on Friday night in New York City, uh, I took my 12-year-old, he also had one of his 12-year-old friends with him, I went and watched the, the Harry Potter, Wicked Child, the Broadway play, It's three and a half hours. It was packed. The Lyric Theater, if I'm not mistaken, awesome. Really fun. Both of the 12-year-olds enjoyed that. I'd been wanting to go see that Broadway play. It's not a musical. I'm not a musical guy. I don't like when people stop plays and just start singing. Uh, The Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Again, I might be getting that title wrong. But the play, it's about Harry Potter as a grown-up. His oldest son, I believe it is, goes to Hogwarts. That's where it starts. So it's some, you know, 30-some-odd, 25-some-odd years uh, after the the incident set forth in Harry Potter. Fantastic. Of course, I love J.K. Rowling because she's been willing to speak out truthfully about this ridiculous trans agenda. But I was a Harry Potter fan, read the books back during law school. Uh, I've talked about this before, but law school is super serious and you're always reading, you know, really detailed case law and everything else, uh, i have always been a big reader and I loved, uh, I would read, this is hundred percent true at the end of, uh, my study day, uh, in law school, I would often go to bed by laying in bed and reading, uh, the, the, the Harry Potter books. So that's when I read them back in the day. Uh, okay. So, uh, so that was awesome. Encourage you, if you have the opportunity, if you're a little league coach, that 12U trip, very worthwhile. A couple of other things that I want to hit before I go dive in uh, with uh, Clay and Buck. There is a New York Times editorial. And this is one of those things where I'm old school, right? And I prepare every single morning uh, to get ready for my radio show by reading for hours. So many different uh, articles and whatnot. Um, and today's uh, New York Times, I read the editorials even if I disagree with them. Today's editorial of the New York Times, and I already shared this on Twitter, it's called The Legal Foundation of Women's Sports is Under Fire. Some of you will see this along with me making notations and I just want to hit a couple of things. Uh, this is in the New York Times. ESPN will not cover they will not cover the attack on women's sports. In fact, ESPN said that Leah Thomas was a women's sports hero during their programming, okay? They've condemned Sage Steele for her outspokenness on this, Sam Ponder as well. Uh, They have allowed uh, their left-wing employees to call even Sam Ponder, remember, a bigot for saying that women's sports should be made up of women? I mean, this is crazy. I'm reading, this is a columnist, New York Times editorial, David French. Here's what he writes. This is one of his paragraphs. The evidence is overwhelming that there is a significant average difference between male and female athletic performance, including at the most elite levels, and even when female athletes receive funding, training, and nutrition comparable to that of the best male athletes. I'm continuing to read. In a 2020 article in the Duke Journal of Gender Law and Policy, the authors observed that depending on the sport and event, the gap between the best male and female performances remains somewhere between 7 to 25%. And even the best female is consistently surpassed by many elite and non-elite males, including both boys and men. In particular, they cite Vashti Cunningham, one of the best female high jumpers in the world. Her best jump places her in the world's top 10 among women. But in 2019 alone, 760 American high school boys jumped higher than she did. In high school. Think about how crazy that is, okay? Just an easy analogy there. Um, but the question here is whether we want to uh, recognize biological reality or gender made up uh, 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 abnormality and, frankly, irrationality as it pertains to women's sports, right? Uh, the fact that the New York Times is willing to write about women's sports being under fire and to say that, uh, that ultimately the question is whether biological sex determines uh, things more than uh, gender identity. And, of course, the answer is yes. Biological sex, men are bigger, stronger, and faster. One of the hallmarks of woke ideology is you have to be willing to say things that everyone knows to be untrue. The reason why men's and women's sports are separated is women would never be able to make most men's teams and certainly would never win championships if we had only unisex competitions, right? If men and women were all in the same grouping. The reason why women's sports exists is because men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. And if women's sports is going to exist, it has to be separated from men. The New York Times is willing to acknowledge this in an editorial, which will probably be controversial with their readership. Why won't ESPN address this? Why won't ESPN cover this? Why won't most prominent ESPN uh, employees even acknowledge that this issue exists? Because they are in the business of propaganda, not covering sports. And I've been arguing this for some time. Uh, The NHL has finally done what I've been arguing for some time. Just do away with the whole concept of Pride Night jerseys because they are a distraction. The NHL has made what I think is a hyper-rational choice. They're just doing away with special jerseys in general, right? They are saying, hey, our job is to put on hockey games. Our job is to entertain sports fans and not to try to put on all these different pride nights, anything. By the way, they're saying they're going to do away with like military appreciation night uh, as well as pride night. You know, I think that's somewhat unfortunate, but I can understand they don't want to set the precedent of, hey, we're going to have to choose who gets a jersey, who doesn't get a special jersey. We're just going to put on the best hockey games that we can, and we're going to do away with this idea that we have to signify uh, all these different groups as a part of our, uh, uh, our product. I think that's probably a good choice, okay? And what happened? ESPN, which won't even cover women's sports, did something that happens so often and most people don't recognize it. They did a story starring one of their far left wing uh, activists who masquerades as a journalist ripping the decision of the NHL to do away with Pride Night, not as an opinion piece. Right. I believe that if you have a strong opinion and you want to write it and you want to share it. You should be able to do it. Everything that you have heard from me just about in these 35-minute show so far is my opinion. You can agree or disagree with it, but I'm not trying to hide that this is my opinion. This is an opinion. You know, what I sh- cited, this is an editorial. I cited the Wall Street Journal editorial. These are not news, uh, uh, unbiased news stories, Okay. What's going on here, what's going on here clearly is ESPN is trying to hide an opinion piece and disguise it as a news story. The news story rips the NHL to shreds because this woke left-wing hockey sports media member is upset with the choice that Gary Bettman and the NHL have made And instead of writing an opinion piece, which would be fair, he has tried to disguise a news piece as an objective piece of journalism, even though it rips to shreds the underlying opinion that the uh, that the NHL has made to not do this Pride Night thing anymore. And it focuses entirely on how awful this decision is entirely as a news piece. This is where you have to be aggressive in your analysis and your readership. When there are news pieces, they should be unbiased. They should be not partisan in nature. Give me the facts. They should be fact-driven. When you have a news piece that masquerades as an opinion piece, it is particularly pernicious because it's a uh, it's a falsehood. It's trying to pretend to be an objective piece of journalism, but in reality, it is a piece of political advocacy. And I see ESPN doing this all the time. It's shameful. It's pathetic. Deserves to be called out. But guess what? We're winning. Sanity is winning. When I see this piece in the New York Times editorial pointing out, What should be a basic fact, when I see 70% of Americans agreeing with us that men should not be competing in women's sports and the numbers are moving in our direction, it represents sanity. We are going to win the forces of truth, justice, honesty, and unrivaled. Can I say brilliance? I think I can. Brilliance that is characterized by your boy here and OutKick, We are winning the arguments. We're going to make them every single day, keep hammering, and slowly, every day, more people are lining up on our side. I love all of you. I'll be back tomorrow. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick, the show.